0: Hey, last week I had the privilege of being with uh, about 80 high school students and leaders at our summer camp. We rent houseboats at Lake Shasta. It is absolutely amazing. And uh, we had students there make professions of faith for the first time. We baptized eight in the lake one evening. It was amazing. And I tell you that so that you know it was a work trip. <laughs> and so that you don't come and ask me how my vacation was at Lake Shasta It was great, but we do have amazing uh, people who come and they bring their ski boats and we get out, we do wakeboarding and wake surfing and tubing. And most of the time, my job is uh, to go out on the boat with the video camera and film kids falling down. It's one of the things that everybody else wants to see, so I just film a lot of wipeouts and very rarely do I actually get out on the water because my students mock me when I do. So I usually don't do that. But one afternoon, I was out on a boat, and we had some guys and some girls, and I'm filming, and there's some amazing falls, and the the kids are tubing behind this boat. Well, the girls that were on the tube come in, and it was me and uh, Brandon, our intern, and another guy were the only guys in the boat. And they're like, come on, you three should get out there. You should go, you should tube. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't really want to, tube, because I know that 15 minutes in a tube behind a boat is the equivalent of a car accident, really. <laughs> I mean, that's what your body feels like afterwards. It's just horrific. But so they talked me into it, and so I went out on the tube, and and uh, three-person tube is pretty big. So I sat in the middle, of the seat of safety, right there in the middle, and I was like, "You don't have to go really fast if you don't want to. It's fine with me." And one thing about tubing is, as you're going behind the boat, you know, when you kick out this way, you have to lean in. You always lean in because you're going out and that whiplash effect is kicking you out pretty fast. If you lean out, that means wipe out. Don't lean out. So we're going back and forth and we're laughing and having a good time. And, and on a certain point, we kick out to the right. And, and Brandon's here and one of my students is here. And I decide that what this student really needs on such a hot afternoon is a nice, cool, refreshing dip in the lake. So I start pushing on this student. And as we kick out, I start pushing him over the edge and the driver sees what I'm doing. And so he just kind of holds the turn. So we keep going and I'm pushing on this kid. Here's a picture. We had video. So we just grabbed this picture. Um, it's, it's a little greeny, but that's his face skipping across the water. <laughs> as I've, listen, I'm baptizing him. It's spiritual, right? So we're kicking out and I'm pushing him and, and he's screaming, you'll never get me, old man. You'll never get me, old man which is only stealing my resolve to push him more. So we're going, and we're really getting fast now because he's holding the turn, and we're kicking out, and Brandon decides that I need help because I'm really not getting him in the water. And so Brandon leans over me to help push this student into the water. And that's when the yard sale happened, it was just arms and legs flying everywhere as we skipped out across the water, all of us. And, and I pop out of the water, and I see this dude, and I see Brandon, and I'm like, don't ever lean out. You can't lean out. That means we wipe out. We lean in. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about leaning in and what it means to lean in. we're wrapping up our series on the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about this for four weeks now, Uh, and the series title is The Upper Room, Living the Upstairs Life in My Downstairs World. And what does it mean to lean into the Holy Spirit? Now, before we go further, I don't know. I've been enjoying the messages. They've been awesome. And every week I come and sit. But every time I see this picture, the first thing that comes into my mind is this. Anyone else? I don't know. It's the last time we're using the logo, but every time I see that logo, I'm like, that's what it is to me. I don't know. When you see Jesus and his disciples walk in and slow-mo and I'm like, Jesus is in town, you know, bad news for the devil. So I don't know. I hope I didn't ruin that for you. I hope you pay attention as we go, but anyone else see the? Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and now I've lost you. So the first weekend, Steve talked to us about the three callings, the specific, the common, and the highest. And the specific calling is is our vocation, is how we are specifically gifted by the Holy Spirit. And that's revealed by the Holy Spirit. And the common calling are those, that's the biblical principles that we live by. The things that all of us are called to do all of the time. And so we find those in Scripture. And the highest calling is this deep friendship with Jesus as revealed by the Holy Spirit. And so you see that the specific calling and the highest calling are revealed by the Spirit. And when we don't have a relationship with the Spirit, when it's all intellectual knowledge but no practical knowledge, all we're left with is the common calling. All we're left with are these biblical principles, which is great. But what happens is we begin to elevate knowledge over relationship. And so we've been talking in this series about how do we then have very practical experiences, very practical knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And then we talked about Pentecost and what it means to be filled and this idea of that's a continual filling. It's something that we need to do because we leak the Holy Spirit. And then the last two weeks we've talked about what it means to listen. How do we listen to the Holy Spirit, both for ourselves and how do we listen to the Holy Spirit for other people? That those are things that the Holy Spirit does for us. And so That's what we want to do. We want to talk about what it means to lean in and what it means to listen and what it means to live it out, this relationship with the Holy Spirit, so that we grow in relationship with Jesus, so that we are conformed to the character of Christ. So we're going to talk about leaning in this morning. And again, admittedly, it's difficult to preach about the Holy Spirit because some people will think you've gone too far and some people will think that you haven't gone far enough. Very few people are satisfied with the distance that you've traveled when you talk about the Holy Spirit. And maybe the issue really isn't with the message. Maybe it is today. But the issue sometimes is just what our experience is with the Holy Spirit. How we have experienced the Holy Spirit is how we view whether or not we've gone too far or whether or not we haven't gone far enough. And so maybe as you sit here this morning, you're still guarded or skeptical about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Because maybe you've seen things Maybe you've seen abuses that people have done in the name of the Spirit. Maybe you've heard stories. I distinctly remember my parents receiving junk mail. And it was from a televangelist who said, the Holy Spirit told me to send this to all of you. And what this was, was it was this fold-out thing. When you pulled it out of the envelope, it just kept unfolding. And it turned out to be like the size of a newspaper if you'd open it up. It was a picture of this televangelist Uh, on his knees praying but it was taken like from underneath a glass coffee table if you can imagine it so you could see his face he was kneeling and and you could see his hand out and it it had instructions on the side it said if you kneel where I'm kneeling if you put your forehead on my forehead if you put your hand on my hand and you pray and you ask the spirit whatever you ask you will get and I was like well that's odd (laughs) right Can you imagine folding this out and laying down and putting your head on this guy's head and your hand on this hand? But at the bottom of this piece of paper, it said this, no joke. It said, just the same way that you wouldn't eat at one restaurant and pay at another. Don't pray on this and give your money to the local church. Send your money to me. And that's when you're like, whoa, that guy's crazy. Crazy. Right. I mean, there's certain things that people do in the name of the spirit that just kind of throw you off. And so I don't think it's so much that we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. I think we're a little bit afraid of the crazy people. Right. A a little bit. We're afraid of the abuses that people have done. Now, it doesn't mean I think a lot of people think we're crazy, so let's not go there. But we're afraid of the abuses that other people have done in the name of the Holy Spirit. We're not afraid of the Spirit because there's nothing to be afraid of with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to hear that. The, the all-knowing, all-powerful God, the Spirit, listen, He is for you. He's not against you. He has your best interest in mind. Listen to John fourteen twenty-six. When the Father sends the Advocate... As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. He'll remind you of all the good things Jesus is saying that that I have taught you. But the word there is advocate, and it means this. It means comforter, helper, intercessor, called to one's aid. In the Greek, two words form that word advocate, and the first one is, is someone who is very close by, someone who is right next to you. And the second half of that means someone who makes the right call for you. So the Holy Spirit is someone that is close by you and someone that advocates for you, someone that makes the right call for you, someone that speaks truth into your life. Parents, the same way that you advocate for your children, that you speak truth into their lives because you see the bigger picture. And even though The children don't always agree with what it is that you are saying. You are advocating for them. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. Romans 8 says, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. You've received God's spirit when he adopted you as children. It says again in Romans 14 that the spirit brings us goodness and peace and joy. Those are things that the spirit adds to your life. Peace, joy, goodness, The Holy Spirit is for you, which is a great thing, because if you have made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is not just for you. He is in you. He's not out there in space somewhere floating around. He's not just moving in and out of needy third world countries. He lives in you. Again, in Romans 8, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God in you. It says in 1 Corinthians that your body is a temple of the Spirit, that he lives in you. Under the old covenant, God lived in the temple. Under the new covenant, God's Spirit lives in you. God's Spirit lives in us. You are God's sacred mobile home. That's what you are. You, you carry the Spirit of God with you wherever you go, which is absolutely amazing. In your everyday life, you have access to the Spirit of God. That means in everything that you do, when you're driving to work, when you're going on vacation, when you're riding your bike, when you're walking the dog, when you're relating to your children, when you're talking to your coworkers. When you're interacting with your spouse, when you're transitioning in seasons of life, you have access to the spirit of God. He is in you. And this is something that we desperately need. So much of modern spirituality is trying to wake people up to the power that they already have within them. But Christianity is saying this. Listen, what you have in you is not enough. There's not enough to wake up inside of you. Now, don't hear that as a value judgment on on who you are. We know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are gifted. You are talented. You are beautiful. You are amazing. It's okay to receive those things. But, But what that is saying is that you do not have the power on your own to be holy. We do not have it within us to live a righteous life. We need the Holy Spirit in us to do and to be what we can't possibly do and be on our own. And so God didn't come along and say, I'm going to wake up that power that's in you. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's where the power comes from. We need to be more than just awaken We need to be filled, and that's what it's promised. It's promised that we will have the Holy Spirit live in us, God's Spirit in us. And that might be reminders to you. You know, it might be a reminder, but I think they're good reminders that the Holy Spirit is for us, that he brings goodness and peace and joy into our lives, and that he is in us. Those are absolutely amazing things. And so at this point, you might be thinking, great, wow, I knew that. But maybe you're thinking this too. You know what? I don't always get that. Or maybe you're thinking, well, what difference does that make in my life? Or maybe you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Because if the Holy Spirit's living in me, I'm certainly not living that way. Like, I have the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure the Holy Spirit has me. In Greek mythology, Sisyphus was the prideful, greedy, deceitful ruler of Corinth. And at one point, he deceived too many of the demigods, and uh, Zeus had to come in and put Sisyphus in his place. And so what he did was he condemned him to an eternity of pushing a large rock up a hill. Sisyphus for all of eternity was to push this rock up this hill. But the thing about this punishment was every time he got the rock to the very top of the hill where he could put it in place, he lost his grip and it rolled back to the bottom and he had to start over. He was consigned to an eternity of useless effort and unending frustration. I mean, can you imagine All of eternity, the same thing. Slip back to the bottom. Here we go again. Useless effort, unending frustration. And maybe you feel like that's your walk with Jesus. Maybe sometimes you just feel like, I just don't get it. It's just not making any sense to me. I don't seem to be changing at all. I don't seem to be leaning into who the Spirit is. I, I seem to be hurting myself. I don't seem to be getting anywhere. I've heard about the Holy Spirit, but I don't have any experience. How do we take that knowledge and turn it into an experience? How do we take that knowledge and turn it into relationship? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 for just a few minutes. If you want to grab one out of the pew there, we'll be on page 1851. Galatians 5 is similar to Romans 7 and 8. And it kind of talks about this internal struggle. Starting in verse 16, it says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Now listen to this. It says, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. See, when you've given your life to Christ, you get the spirit of God and he comes into your life and and he has a voice in your life. But you also have a sin nature that you were born with. And the sin nature doesn't just automatically go away when you get the spirit. So you have the sin nature voice in your life, too. And sometimes it's tough. Sometimes the sin nature voice is really loud. Sometimes we hear the Spirit. Sometimes we step in the right direction. Sometimes we move in the right way. But we still have this sin nature that's a part of us. If you look at verse 1, it says, Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again. You see, Christ has set us free. He's given us freedom. He's told us to walk in freedom. He's given us his spirit to lead us in that direction of freedom. And he's saying, don't get tied up again. But oftentimes our sinful nature is our default setting. Our sin nature is what rises up out of us in moments of crisis or exasperation or desperation. But every time we lean into our sin nature, we lose freedom. Let's look at it this way. Every time that we choose our own agenda, our own possessions, our own person over the person and principles of Jesus, we lose a little bit of freedom. Every time we're like, no, I need to do it this way. This is my way. I'm gonna do it this way. We lose freedom. Every time that we choose Sexual immorality over purity, we lose freedom. When we say, "Ah, I'm just going to look at that. I'm just going to be with this person. I'm just going to do this and nobody else will know about it. Every time we choose to fight and argue instead of forgive, we lose freedom. (laughs) When we say, listen, I'm done. I'm done with that person. I've forgiven them enough. There's no way. They've reached the limit. There's so many things that you can choose. Every time that you choose to cheat a little bit on your finances or take that little thing from work or talk behind somebody's back or lie to get out of a certain situation, you lose freedom. Every time we lean in to that sinful nature, we lose a little bit of freedom. Oh, mercy. (laughs) Can you get workman's comp for a sermon illustration? Right? But but this is how it looks. and, And we have excuses. We have excuses that we use like, well, listen, everybody else is doing it. Nobody else will find out. I'm not hurting anyone. One time of this won't hurt me. But we're in love. And that's why I do these things. Is this how you feel sometimes? Is this what your life looks like? You feel like, okay, yeah, sure, I've given my life to Christ, but I always seem to be trapped this way. I mean, there's so many things that it says in Galatians 5. I'd read it for you, but I can't get to my Bible. Uh, So we'll put it up on the screen. He says, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. These are the result of our sin nature. These are the things that we choose, that when we choose them, we lose our freedom. We get tied up again. Some people have been living this way so long, they don't even know that there's anything else out there. But I think for the most part, we know that we're not meant to live this way. We know when we're stuck. We know when the sin nature voice is too loud in our lives. And we see other people. We see people that are free. And we have this desire, man, I I want that. Not perfect people, but free people. And so how do we do that? How do we get there? How do we lean into the Holy Spirit? As I was praying about this message, as I was praying about wrapping up the series, I kept praying, Spirit, what is it that you want to say? What is it, what's the message that you want to say? And I just kept getting directed back to 2 Corinthians 3.17. Here's what it says. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if I have the Spirit of the Lord in me, then I am meant to live free. I'm not meant to be tied up still to my sin nature. I'm meant to be free. And so when the Spirit's voice gets a little bit louder in our lives, and and with the help of the Spirit, when we lean into certain things, we gain that freedom. Every time that we lean into love, when we love somebody, even though they don't deserve it, even though they may have burned us again and again, when we lean into love with the help of the Spirit, we get a little more free. And every time that we choose joy in our circumstances, even though they aren't great circumstances, we get a little bit more free. Every time that we forgive, when we forgive someone, instead of holding on to it, we get a little free. Every time we can exercise that self-control and not always do what the sin nature desires, we get a little more free. Oh, it feels good. I want to run around a little bit now. See, we were created to be free. Christ, it says, has truly set us free. So how do we lean into that? What does that look like? How do we live in such a way that we are free? How do we take this intellectual knowledge and turn it into this experience? How, how do we make sure the Spirit, His voice is loud enough in our lives? There's a couple things that, that we can do. I said it at the outset. You, you need to lean in. You need to continue to lean in to the Holy Spirit. And by that I mean this. Keep asking and keep inviting. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, direct me. Make that a part of your prayer life. I want to lean in. I do not want to live this way. Spirit, I want your voice to be loud in my life. So keep filling me. Keep directing me. One of the practical things I like to do is read biographies of men and women who have lived for Jesus well. I love to see how they did it. I love to see their faith. I love to see how they leaned in. That's one thing that encourages me to lean in. When I can see other people, I love to to sit with people who have done that long obedience in the same direction and ask them about their life and their stories. Look at other people. Look at their testimonies. Look at their stories. That's a great encouragement. Keep leaning in. Keep asking to be filled. Another thing we need to do is uh, listen When you pray and you ask, Holy Spirit, fill me, Holy Spirit, direct me, there's a part of that that's listening, right? It's not just talking all the time. We talked about it the last two weeks. What does it look like to listen to the Spirit in our lives? When you pray, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to pray? And then begin praying those things. And this is where I would say we need to have a great understanding of Scripture, We need to spend time in Scripture because it says that the Holy Spirit will remind us of Scripture, but the Spirit can't remind you of something that you don't have in your head in the first place. And so that's why we need to spend time in the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, right? That the Spirit is going to remind us of Scripture. When you're going through a situation and you're struggling, and all of a sudden that Scripture comes to mind, right? That's the Holy Spirit. And we need to know that. Maybe in your listening, you're going to say, Holy Spirit, what are these things that I keep going back to? What are those things in my world? If we threw that list back up from Galatians 5, what are those things that I wrestle with? Maybe you look at that and you're like, well, sorcery, that's not me. Check that one out. But what about Jealousy. What about outbursts of anger? Holy Spirit, what are these things that I keep going back to that tie me up? If I'm honest, it's a little bit of selfish ambition that I think I always grab. It's just that little bit of like, I'm gonna promote myself. If nobody else promotes me, I wanna make sure that I get a little bit of what's mine. Understanding that this, this is a process. And I want the Spirit's voice to be so much louder than my own selfish ambition. And so maybe in your listening, you listen for what you keep going back to. And spend time confessing that. The reality is, we won't get rid of stuff right away. It can happen, but it's almost always a process. So I would say lean in. Keep asking, keep inviting and make sure you're listening, because honestly, the more you listen, the more you're able to recognize the voice of the spirit. And the third thing I would say is this, is is we have to begin then living it. We have to begin acting on these things. I think too often we pray, Holy Spirit, I need you to speak to me. Okay, come on, speak to me. And then we sit there and then we do nothing. And then we say, oh, that Holy Spirit thing doesn't work. When the Holy Spirit is is speaking to us and and is telling us to do things like, hey, why don't you love your neighbor? And you're like, "Okay, Holy Spirit, you need to send somebody else to love my neighbor. Come on, you need to work in my life. You need to do that thing. But we don't do anything. There's this partnership, right? I can't do it on my own. We said that earlier. I cannot live Like this on my own. I need the Holy Spirit to direct me and to guide me. But the Holy Spirit is also saying, okay, I'm going to be there with you, I'm going to direct you, and you need to get going a little bit. And so we lean into what the, those fruits are, that spiritual character that all of us are to display, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those spiritual character issues where we want the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. And there's also spiritual power. There's also gifts that are given. Do you know that you have a spiritual gift? First Peter 4.10 God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You are gifted. So we've got spiritual character, which is fruit, and you have spiritual power, which is this gift. And the spirit wants you to use that to use that for the kingdom. You see, all of this is so that we are conformed to the character of Christ. All of this is to bring fame to the name of Jesus. All of this is to draw us closer and so that we can share the grace and truth of Jesus with other people. We have been set free and we need to lean in and we need to listen and we need to live it so the voice of the Spirit is louder in our lives. This is the end of this Holy Spirit series, but this isn't the end of our time leaning into who the Holy Spirit is. For some of you, you're well along in the journey. For some of you, you're just beginning this journey, and I, I just want you to understand that this you can't just throw a label on. You can't be like, oh, he gave me three L's. Oh, that should make all the difference in the world, right? It's a relationship like any other relationship, and it involves engagement and wrestling and discovery, and, and it takes time. And as you work on that, the Holy Spirit will work in you to bring glory to Jesus and to conform us to that character of Christ. In closing, I just want you to, if you would bow with me, and I want to take a minute again to lean in, like we talked about at the beginning. If we lean out, we're going to wipe out, but when we lean in, it's good. So if you would just take a minute and In the quietness of where you are, just pray again. Spirit, fill me. I want to be directed by you. I want to listen to you. I want to live into who you are. Spirit, I do thank you for who you are, that you are for us, that you are in us, that you guide us and direct us. Forgive us when we listen to our own voices over your voice. Continue to fill us. Continue to give us courage to live into who you are. Continue to guide us and direct us and give us wisdom and understanding and discernment so that the name of Jesus is known. Jesus, it's all about you, and so we pray this in your name. Amen.